Hello, welcome again to this podcast on architecture education. Nazati Mohamed Yaakob here, and today's discussion is about teaching universal design in architecture course. Universal design is something that has been coming up of late. Similar terms are inclusivity or inclusive design, accessible design, designing for disabled persons, and the similar like that. And basically it's designing for all, considering designing for all, for everyone, a child, an older person, and person with disabilities, pregnant women, people who are not able to speak the same language as where they are traveling, even to that, you know, circumstances that could be temporary or permanent or in the long term. Universal design set of principles that was introduced by Ron Mace in 1994, I believe, in North Carolina State University at that time was targeting designers to consider the seven principles um, that he uh, established and as a guide to designing to include all persons. And what I would like to say today is Talk, when I mention universal design, I'm mentioning other things as well. And a more simplified term that I like to talk, to introduce my stu- to my students or to others is barrier-free principles after Satoshi Kosei in 2000, when I first heard of it at a United Nations ISCAP training session. The term... Barrier-free principles have three principles, which are accessibility, usability, and safety. So that's easier to understand than universal design when we speak or explain to the layman, even architects or designers, we start by talking about barrier-free principles and this concept of having barriers and overcoming barriers is something that is universal. I mean, in the sense that everybody would would capture this concept easily, whether they are in a building or in the building profession or just a layman or layperson. So I'd like to talk about teaching universal design. Um, to, I'd like to talk about my experience to you today. Um, of late, I've been asked to to give uh, input to other studios, my own students in the second year, and also I teach universal design elective for the fourth year. The most recent one was giving three-hour or maybe less lecture, but it wasn't so much a lecture. It was a discussion, an explanation of what universal design is and how it can be incorporated in 
housing and housing concepts that they are doing in the fourth year. Um, I reminded them that a skill uh, or the ability to be able to be critical using design appraisal of their work, looking at their drawings, reviewing their drawings, is something that is necessary if you if you want to have universal design incorporated in your work. They showed what they could, um, in particular the unit uh, layout of the housing project. And I talked about critical dimensions and principles of lifetime homes. I talked about the concepts or the different definitions of of the ability of a person in the spectrum of care from active living to independent living, assisted living and nursing care. Um, If you were to design a housing concept for uh, multi-generational living or to include uh, older person's needs and consider them in your design. You have to to actually, um, when you do the detailed design in design development stage, it is quite critical that you get the detailed design right in terms of the functional aspects of the space and, and so on, as well as the details, obviously. And I went through that with them. I referred to standards, um, in particular, the Singapore Standards Accessibility Code 2019. As in Malaysia, we don't have any standards for housing yet. And also mentioned other countries that have standards for housing, such as the UK. Looking at standards or referring to standards for the, for an architect, a future architect in this case, they need to know the reason why the standards give certain specifications. Copy pasting or just mimicking the specifications um, is not the way to go in terms of actually commanding the subject but it's not given or it's not being made uh, you know it's not been explained in standards why the reason for giving certain dimensions and specifications so that was my role uh, to explain why the tech what is the use of the tactile guiding block or tiles um, for blind persons to negotiate in wayfinding and orientation, why they use, who uses handrail, you know, and um, what is the correct gradient and why the correct gradient is so and so, right? So this knowledge is um, not readily available. The reason why. 
Um, so we forward to the universal design elective course where every week the student actually learns something. They, they build up to actually being an access auditor and designing for all the uh, using universal design principles. So in the beginning, they even did um, uh, an ice-breaking session where we, we understand what barriers are um, and then um, many definitions, many intro, uh, introduction to standards. Before we introduce the standards, we ask students to do simulation exercises around buildings if they can find. In this case, for online training, if they can find the equipment, such as a wheelchair, and and it's more easy to, to find blindfold and, and, and something to like a white cane or an, a stick for them to go around their premise. It could be their house usually, and to understand some of these principles of um, barrier-free. Um, after which the students in the universal design elective course identify what buildings they're going to do an uh, access audit based on the standards. So access audit has um, three, three things that they could do, but generally it's based on the checklist, going around with the checklist, determining um, the problems using the checklist and interviewing uh, the building manager or the user and going through the access route with a disabled person. So often they can't do the last one. They, if they could, they will ask somebody, even a security guard in this case, um, to tell them about whether this the premise that they, go, they are doing the access audit is, is um, used by persons with disabilities or not. So, but the checklist is something that everyone can do and that's what they did and are doing. For this course, 22 of them, so 22 premises. And um, some of them, about six are doing housing, the rest are doing community facilities. One is doing a police station. Um, two are doing kindergartens. One is doing a school and there is a community hall, park, uh, food court, uh, others are doing parks, um, crossings, uh, street environment, and um, transportation hubs. I'm sure I, I, there's one or two that I've forgotten to say now, but those in general are the, uh, the type of buildings or premises that they are um, they are doing the access audit and they will identify a particular building element that they could uh, challenge themselves in terms of designing it in the assignment number two. So, when you ref when you compare these sets, this this set of students with um, the general ones that I just give input on the housing uh, project, obviously the 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 one which are doing the universal design course would have a much more thorough understanding, much more comprehensive way of approach in designing. Detailed design is an important part of um, functional, functional aspects of design. 
you really could design the space, but when you do not design it to a fun, uh, in a in a way empathetic to the user, the space is a generic space and it would not really serve the user well. And then we go back to another set of students who are much younger than the, the two previous one that I mentioned. This is the second year students who are doing now a, an educational facility to empower homeless children. And um, they also have a set of users there. And uh, certain aspects for homeless children include men designing for mental health uh, because of you know, the challenges that homeless children or street children have in that area. Um, people being harassing them and, you know, issues of sex trafficking and issues of abuse and stuff like that. So a secure environment, a safe, secure, responsive in terms and, and um, help to make them feel, um, you know, that they could excel or come out of the shell or be able to express themselves a good uh, way to say what sort of environment that they could, um, um, you know, it's, 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 it's an architectural design project for the second year. So it is a challenging thing. It's not just designing white boxes, you know, or mimicking certain architecture because you like them. You are actually designing for um, seven to 12 year olds, student, uh, children who are, who has, who has been homeless or, unrecorded, stateless, you know, stateless children or children have to go through difficult times, you know, not the usual process. There is such a place um, that the government built for them and they follow the government course uh, education uh, programs um, in, in the same area, but this, this uh, bunch of second year students, they, they get to do this alternative design, so to speak, so that um, they can form ideas on on, um, on what do they envision this this this, uh, this this scheme to be for these children. So universal design is introduced in a way earlier for the, the project in semester one, where they considered uh, the workers to be older persons uh, helping out. Um, it was introduced at that time, and the students are constantly aware about issues with with um, thinking about uh, people who are more disadvantaged and those with special needs. But I would like them to be more in think, thinking that in terms of um, the us, the we mentality. Sorry, not us. We mentality designing for ourselves designing for our future rather than uh, thinking disabled persons or older persons as them and we youngsters as us. You know, it's not an easy thing, but at second year, when you introduce these ideas, it sort of uh, stick to them or they want, whether they like it or not, it's sort of like reminding them at that time. And then it reminds them again and again. And rather than ignoring them totally during architectural school. So the question we could ask is about how do you teach universal design in school, in school 
School of Architecture program. Yeah, um, we're doing it. The department is encouraging it. The lecturers are interested to get input from myself and others um, in order for the students to be going deeper into the subject rather than skimming through and generalizing. So hopefully from this input and feedback to, uh, uh, to the design project that they do in the studio um, and also the group of students that are doing this course specifically in the fourth year. So we would have, we could have a bunch of people graduating who considered universal design their design. And the word universal design is not something that is strange to them. So that is the, the session for today. Thank you very much for listening in. Um, I hope to, to be able to give you more podcasts soon. Good evening.